0: It's called drifting. What do you mean, drift? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the because Lovey Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. This podcast is sponsored by media dot Media.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today, we are discussing The Fast and the Furious, the third install in the Fast franchise series, Tokyo Drift, directed by Justin Lin, returning director who has come back to for several Fast and Furious franchise movies after this one. So people like his direction, at least from behind uh, the studios. Uh, produced by Neil H. Moritz, uh, as usual. Written by Chris Morgan. I think this is the first one. Chris Morgan becomes the solidified, fast writer. Um, it's starring uh, Lucas Black, Bow Wow, Nathalie Kelly, uh, and Sung Kang. Song Kang... I, Not exactly what his ethnicity was. Um, His origins are South Korean, okay. Um, And he's from Georgia, but he's actually, yeah, so he's not actually from South Korea. So, anyways, um, Tokyo Drift is the third uh, install in the Fast franchise. Many people hold it in high regards for a number of reasons i think after watching it i can safely say that it's uh the justin lynn uh slick look and feel between justin lynn and the direction and uh brian tyler brings us interesting music with the cinematography from stephen and f Wendell winden um and I believe Brian Tyler and Justin Lin are the ones, and Chris Morgan are the ones behind the scenes that uh, continuously join the Fast and the Furious and their chases and the franchise. Um, let me see if how how accurate it is to the Fast Four um, from behind the scenes. Yeah, Justin Lin, same director. Um, basically the same producers Vin Diesel becomes a producer on the fourth film Um, it's written by Chris Morgan again and that's when we bring back the family it does have a different cinematographer and different editing crew so it is slightly different from uh, that standpoint I will say that Tokyo Drift like I said it is uh, a slick looking film it's got an interesting cast that doesn't uh, it, it's an uneven cast is what I think most people would say. Um, Lucas Black, well, what can we say? I, I, I want to be a nice guy. I want to be a nice guy. And I got to say that the script Lucas Black is given is not exactly, um, the best script to say. Um, but let me kind of give you a little bit of background on, uh, Tokyo Drift, um, uh, ba- I was going to say Tokyo Drift Back to the Future. It feels like Tokyo Drift Back to the Future. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is a 2006 action film directed by Justin Lin with a screenplay by Chris Morgan. It's a standalone sequel uh, for um, Too Fast, Too Furious and the third installment in the Fast and Furious franchise. It stars Lucas Black, Sun King, Bow Wow, and Brian T. Um, The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift... Uh, follows high school car enthusiast Sean Boswell, who s- is sent to live in Tokyo with his father and finds solace in the city's drifting community. A um, little bit of behind the scenes about uh, Lynn, the director. He was hired due to his work on Better Luck Tomorrow. I'm a little bit on, uh, let me see, crime drama film. I uh, haven't really seen too much about that or heard too much about it. Must have been pretty good. Had Sung Kang in it, though. Um, let me see. Unable to secure uh, the returns of any of the series' original cast members, plans were made by developers to consider Tokyo Drift and make it a distinct entry in the franchise, which was achieved by focusing on a car subgenre. Um, incorporating a location outside the United States and establishing new characters. Subsequently, the chronological timeline of the franchise shifted with all the future installments until uh, Furious 7, uh, being set between Too Fast and Too Furious 2003 in Tokyo Drift. Okay, so... Um, yeah. Uh, the film also marks the first to begin the franchise's long-time association with Lynn and Morgan. Like I said, they were became the, the main director and uh, writer. Um, and the composer, Brian Tyler, Lynn went on to direct three sequels and is attached to direct the feature, uh, three additional feature films. Um, while Morgan wrote the next five installments, Tyler would go on to score the next four of the five sequels. So I told you, this, this crew has been sticking together for a while. Um, casting began 05 principal photography began around uh in la in august of 05 and uh the majority of the film was shot in tokyo the majority of the reviews regarding uh, tokyo drift were negative i think mostly from the critical side um i think this might be a low low low-key sleeper hit with uh uh, people around my age, around like 25 to 35 or something like that, I want to say that they were playing Tokyo Drift nonstop on TNT when I was watching it um, for quite a long time. So it was created on a budget of $85 million, which I believe is $10 million more million approximately than the Too Fast, Too Furious movie, the previous one. And uh, it made almost $100 million less, which is crazy uh not great at all Um definitely not good on that um let me see too fast too furious was a 76 million dollar budget and it made 236 million um and then tokyo drift uh yeah 10 million more dollars and made almost slightly less than um uh, yeah it made like 80 80 million less which is not good not having the family and not having uh Brian O'Connor and having all of our established characters from the previous movies did not help out the franchise at all. Let me get a little bit of coffee. So, um, let me see what we got. Um, oh, excuse me. This- Drank like three gallons of coffee. Try to get this kick started. Um, or jump started. So it's another runtime time of 104 minutes. I think this is the last movie that is around an hour and 40 minutes. Oh no, the next one is an hour and 40. So it's the fifth one that becomes um, the full action franchise um, feel with uh, an over two hour um, movie. Um, so let me see what else we got. Anything else we got in there? Okay, so... uh, I got some tweets that I've been reading off of since I've been watching the um, Fast franchise from at Lucky Dog Podcast uh, on Twitter. Um, Let me pull them up real quick. I should have had them up sooner than this. So we're not on Fast 1. We're on Fast... Fast... Three, uh, And we got the family The family, the family Let me tell y'all I've been watching the Fast and Furious franchise Over the past week And I gotta tell y'all That uh, <laughs> Hopping in the car every time It's like mm-hmm. It's like I can definitely I can appreciate the look And the feel And the sound of the car a lot more after watching these movies. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what they were trying to d- get you to do, but um, it definitely has me more of a, a, a gearhead after watching this. So, Tokyo Drift. Uh, this was my tweet. Watching the last reboot um, of the first three movies, the biggest problem... Okay, so I actually can't talk about this until we get into spoilers. Um, but uh, I will say the biggest problem comes from the story and, un- and really... Um, the fact is they should have had Sung Kang as the main character, in my opinion. Um, they, the studios just would not give the money to, uh, to, uh, $85 million with a South Korean lead in Tokyo about cars. I just don't think that would have happened in 2005 or whenever the hell they were making this. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that was one thing. Another thing is this is an extremely fast turnaround. Um, casting began in 05. I assume this everything was uh, scripted out before 05. Um, but then it was released uh, in June 06, like a year later, which is like quick-ass turnaround. I mean, what it's telling me is that these were kind of expensive movies at the time. Um, I'd say going between 50 and 100 million dollars for not knowing if you're gonna make 200 300 400 million dollars um but not only that they were super fast turnarounds um let me see what else we got uh I think I only had one tweet about Tokyo drift I was like I don't know if I have too much to say about this one um so yeah let me talk about the movie, like I said, the look, the feel, the direction. I think from the aesthetics of understanding and feeling like you're in Tokyo and appreciating the location, just like the previous two movies. Where The previous one was in Miami and kind of uh, given the urban Latin vibe. The previous one before that, Fast One, that was in um, uh, L.A. And having the L.A. Uh, underground street racing EDM scene and each one of these do have a completely different feel this one kind of rounds back again with the music being a little bit more like electronic and definitely uh uh Japanese based I believe that they're probably um artists that they use directly from um Japan and uh you know, everyone knows that ding 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 you know I I <sighs> You know, it's like it, it gets it gets hype, is what it does. And I think that Justin Lin brings an interesting energy to this film. The my biggest problem about this Tokyo Drift is the story feels kind of all over the place. The main character is not exactly likable. He doesn't listen to anybody. Every time someone tells him not to do anything, he does it anyway, and he kind of puts himself. He, he puts himself in this like position in a, in a way and it's just i don't really know how to describe it without saying that it's just like it, this character is not exactly likable lucas black's character as this 17 year old kid that looks like he's about 40 um like he's not a likable character and there's not many things about his character that make him feel redeeming or relatable the thing was i think they were trying to have a paul walker stand in or like liked paul walker but younger that lucas black is 10 years younger but really um you know i don't feel like he appears or comes off any younger than what brian o'connor was in um you know the first fast and furious brian brian o'connor paul walker kind of always looked like he was in college or fresh out of college just because he had, you know, timeless looks and he was able to pull that off for quite a while. The studios didn't believe that he was able to pull off the, the, um, uh, the studio. They didn't believe he was going to be able to pull off his age. Um, I guess once it hit 'o five, So it was interesting that they tried to, they were going to scrap, uh, scrapped everything. Um, I do want to look, um, I'll look at an, a, another, review about Paul Walker's career because I know he wasn't just in the Fast and Furious franchise. He had some uh, more dramatic roles that I can't remember off the top of my head what what the movies were um, called but I heard that they're pretty decent and um, he had an interesting career and I you know watching it blossom through the fast franchise, I definitely think Paul Walker got better as, um, as an actor um so what else do we have all right all right um and again i'm sorry for any like banging or clanging in the background Um, the studio has uh is right beside a larger event space and they're doing some craziness in there the last few days it's been hard to get um all these uh all these casts and after watching all these fast and furious movies so um bear with me on the sound a little bit um thank y'all and again for thank you uh thank you for listening watching look It all podcast um you know this was a little bit more of a scatterbrained review I'm, i normally have a little bit more concise but just to kind of uh, uh have a concise uh, uh feel about this movie it looks and sounds great. The story is lacking. Um, pacing is still um, is still pretty good with this one. Um, like I said, the next, the first four movies all are under two hours and they feel very breezy. Um, the next one uh, is an, is under four hours. Sorry, under two hours as well. And uh, the one thing that I think the first three. Movies really accelerate in, you know, (laughs) pun intended. Um, The the practical effects. I think that's why the majority of these movies in the first few years were so quick turnaround that the practical effects and the set pieces weren't. Ridiculously over the top, and the majority of them seemed plausible within their own realm. It's around the fourth movie where things just fly off the handlebars and things just go haywire. Not in like a bad way, but it's just the point where, you know, uh, the first three movies, they normally were saying, leaving these con- they have these like flashes at the very end of the movie that say don't do this don't try this at home don't don't go out in your car and uh, uh try to be a uh, family uh, dom family don't don't try to join the family don't try to street race. don't be doing all this craziness this is a movie don't be doing this i'm pretty sure they stop uh showing that screen around the fourth or fifth movie when they clearly are doing things that no one could even think about, even trying to do. So, um, like I said, the plausibility, the practical effects are still within the same realm, and that's why I think people like I think people like Tokyo Drift because we're still able to use a lot of practical effects, even though there is a nice. Uh, blend of CG. Not that the CG always ages well. So it, it kinda is the the CG ages from movie to movie depending on what you're looking at, but they're still using a decent amount of practical effects in this Tokyo Drift. So thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. To check out the spoiler filled review, check out Patreon.com slash luck podcast. You'll get the full review. We'll talk about the plot. We talk about family. We talk about Bro Bro. We talk about um well, I guess there's no family in Tokyo Drift, but we'll still talk about, you know, the Tokyo family, I guess. If they tried they whatever family they tried to have there. <laughs> um so yeah, that's where you'll find everybody. That's where the VIP section is. Patreon.com slash luck podcast. Let me know how we can improve. Let me know what you're looking for in your reviews and um, here we go. Okay, so here is the plot of uh, uh, let me see. Sorry, I need to brighten up this shit. Can't see shit. Can't see shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. And just like those other reviews, for some reason, the people who are writing these, um, wikipedia and uh synopses about what's happening in the movie they add all the information about uh what cars they're driving and whatnot i was like okay they they know their shit get a little cough coffee Here's the plot. Troubled Oro Valley High School student Sean Boswell and athlete Clay race their cars, a 1971 Chevrolet Monte Carlo and a 2003 Dodge Viper, to win the affections of Clay's girlfriend, Cindy. Uh, When Sean cuts through a structure and catches up to Clay, Clay, desperate, to win hits sean cars repeatedly until they reach a high speed turn which causes both of the cars to crash Um, clay's viper hits a cement pipe and sean's monte carlo rolls clay and cindy cindy's wealthy families help them uh escape punishment but because sean is uh Uh, He's uh, a repeat offender of uh, driving like an asshole. (laughs) He is uh, sent to uh, live in Japan with his father. A U.S. Navy officer stationed in Tokyo in order to avoid juvenile detention or jail. So, okay, so I guess... I guess it makes a little bit more sense why he has to be 17. The thing is casting Lucas Black as a 17-year-old is is just absolutely unbelievable from the start of the of this movie. Um continuing on with what what was going wrong with this beginning opening. Tokyo Drift is opening up in like the middle of bumfuck uh some midwestern state. Like I was kind of bewildered in their choice to to do that. I kind of figured, you know, Tokyo Drift, you'd open up maybe in Tokyo, I guess. I don't know. Um, that just sounds like a crazy idea to me. <laughs> and so anyways, the opening is feels like a music video, even from the beginning, from the music, from the cars to the girls. It definitely feels like they're trying to Uh, encapsulate everything that was uh, said and, you know, proclaimed into the first two movies, Cars, Girls, um, and I guess like a little bit of uh, ego boosting, like alpha ego boosting. I'm not exactly sure what the – boistering I think is what the word's called. Um, So anyways, I I didn't think that it was very believable that, you know, this – type of racing would scale to this um to this degree and isn't this the home improvements uh uh boy from home improvement this is i, I don't remember his name but uh i'm pretty sure it was the young man that was on home improvements funny to see him in a old and an asshole <laughs> um so anyways i dare you to ask anyone that says um tokyo drift is um is a classic ask him Ask these people that say it's a classic what the name of uh, the main character is. I I guarantee you most people can tell you what Paul Walker's name is in Fast and Furious. The majority that are fans of Tokyo Drift, I bet you cannot tell me his name is Sean Boswell. I'm actually going to probably post something on uh, Instagram about that just to kind of make a joke. Just to say, like, this is not a memorable movie. It's not a memorable character. People... Uh, I'm, I am I think everyone agrees about that. So uh, anyways, I was surprised that Sean was able to capture the attention of the, the, the football captain's girlfriend. And I was like, all right, well, he, he ends up pissing her off anyway. Uh, so he kind of plays himself. But anyways, the age thing makes sense for him not to go to juvenile detention or jail. The thing is, he is so young. He's supposed to be much younger than he is. So when he goes to live with his father in uh, Japan, he lo- his father looks like he's talking to like a 30-year-old man. <laughs> and I think, what was it? I think that uh, Lucas Black was in his early 30s at this point. I'm not 100% sure. Okay, so, um, so we're in Tokyo now. While in Tokyo, Sean befriends Twinkie, a military brat who introduces him to the world of drift racing in Japan. Sean has a confrontation with uh takashi and uh takashi the drift king dk um who drives a 2003 nissan 350z over sean um talking to takashi's girlfriend nayla um though bared from barred from driving sean decides to race against takashi who has ties to the yakuza In a 2001 Nissan Silva uh, S15 Spec S loaned by a racer named Han, but loses his first race with Takashi due to his unfamiliarity with drifting. Why on on earth would you think that uh, just because they have some sort of rep sheet that they give, the cops give Lucas Black saying, all right, this is the list of things he's done, and this is what he's accused of doing, but why I don't really understand what the thinking was of Lucas Black everything he does he does not listen to Twink he doesn't listen to his father he doesn't listen to his mother he doesn't listen to anybody he barely listens to himself and Twink is you know is supposed to be his friend it's just random guy that just comes up and like starts talking to him i don't know why anybody would be friends with uh I don't know why anybody would be friends with Sean. He is not a likeable guy from like head to toe in my opinion. <laughs> he doesn't listen. And so uh yeah, of course he's going to lose. And the worst thing about this movie, it's this is kind of where I talked about my uh, my Twitter uh post. I was saying um watching the last reboot, I call the third movie the last reboot reboot sort of cuz it is it is like a reboot. The second one's te- technically a reboot, but anyways, Watching the last reboot of the three movies, the biggest problem is believing Han would ever give the keys to his car to a 17-going-on-40 Lucas Black. Um, (laughs) Justin Lin provides interesting uh, direction, but the script ain't helping. So, um, yeah, it it han is by far the most interesting person in this movie twink is just kind of there for simple exposition and trying to be the the tyrese or the the co-star to this um movie and i personally don't have a problem with bow wow i think i've always liked bow wow since like mike i think he has some weird history of some sort going on but i'm not going to go into that Uh, don't have time to do that um Uh, So, let me see what else we got. Oh, Lanta, Lanta, Lanta. To repay his uh, debt for the car he destroyed, um, uh, Sean agrees to work for Han, who drives a 1997 Mazda RX-7. This leads to the duo becoming friends, with Han agreeing to teach Sean how to drift, um, explaining that he is helping him as Sean is the only person willing to stand up to to Takashi. Um, I still think that, like, uh, Han being so so nice to Lucas Black just did not even jive with me at all. I, I didn't really understand what the heck the deal was. Um, I don't really—I I didn't see why Han would ever trust Lucas to do anything. Everything he does—everything Lucas Black does is, like, against the rules of everything. So—or is against— ev- if someone says to do something, Lucas Black is like, all right, how can I go against that? And I just feel like Han and Lucas Black could have—or Song Kang and Lucas Black could have had more of a, uh, a father-teacher—sorry, teacher-student connection. Not father-son, teacher-student connection. Um, but we don't learn enough about Han in this movie, in my opinion— to really understand his motivations of why he's helping Lucas Black out, so it just makes it look like he's just passing on useless cars or you know use the the cars he's not using or the money he's not using to Lucas Black for like absolutely no reason, and I just can't figure out why why would Han uh, Han trust him like that? I don't it drives me up the wall a little bit. Um, this leads to the duo becoming friends and it's a lot of it feels like forced friendship like Lucas Black is not exactly the a likable guy in the movie so it feels like when people are, are coming up to him and saying all this it's just like wow you stood up to DK the, the guy the Drift King and he's with the Yakuza it's like I don't the Yakuza would take Black, Lucas Black's Black's ass out so fast <laughs> I, I couldn't even like describe that how much they wouldn't deal with this shit. I don't know. Um, and I think the, the dealing with the Yakuza could have been interesting, but it's really has not much to do with, it's more like being in association with the Yakuza, not exactly like dealing with the Yakuza. All right. So anyways, um, okay. So he's the only person who's uh, Han, uh, Han's helping Sean because he's the only one they'll stand up to a DK. Uh, Sean moves in with Han and soon masters drifting by practicing in a 2006 Mitsubishi Evo, um, gaining respect after defeating DK's right-hand man, Morimoto. I do appreciate how they show Sean actually trying to get better at drifting. I felt like in some of the, some of the fast and furious, there's not exactly like training. It's just like they, they, they kind of race until they're better or not. And so that's kind of what the deal is. And so, um you know continuing on with that i do like to see the progression of these people um well i, I like to see them get stronger or get better at what they're doing i i am not exactly sure han's just like there, watching lucas black kind of do it i don't remember if they really say what to do if anything that's different from what he's already doing just drift better i guess you know um and I might get a little little bit scolded for this, but I personally think that um, drifting is one of the not as visually interesting um, car maneuvers um, to do when you're racing. I feel like drifting... I mean, obviously, they show why you have to drift into Japan because there's not as, as much room for tracks and stuff like that. So they're driving in situations and in tight quarters where it would require drifting. I think that, um, you know, showing racing and drifting around all the, you know, really tight corners can be interesting for for a couple of races or maybe one or two races. But I didn't ultimately feel like drifting as a concept in perspective of the rest of the fast franchise is as visually interesting and as gripping as some other um you know as some other races are it's like sometimes i felt like the drag races and even uh, too fast too furious were a little bit better than um uh, tokyo drift when it came down to just like the the heart and the pump of the the motor of of the pacing of what's happening you know so um yeah i did find that you know drifting um some some may like it more than others um um let me see let me see um sorry i looked up and (laughs) Uh, some craziness going on in the news. Uh, let me see what else we got. Um, all right, so Sean defeats Morimoto. And Morimoto is forgotten here in the third act, here in a little bit. Sean asks, uh, uh, asks Nayla out on a date. Oh, okay, so before they go on the date and everything, Sean is told by his father. His father, who is just like a really unlikable ass for almost absolutely no reason, tells... Um, he he tells his son, you know, you can't you can't drive, can't race, can't do any of that, and um, it's mostly so that he doesn't go back to you know juvie or jail. So that was the biggest thing. Um, when it came down to Sean listening, he doesn't listen. His father and him never have a conversation in a way that really explores their. Uh, background. I mean, Sean does like these um backhanded um passive aggressive jabs about him not being there when he was younger. It's like, "My god, can you just let that go?" I mean, clearly your parents are split at this point. So, um he's he's doing you a favor by having you there and he's just there's no uh likability between the two um characters unfortunately. And that that's just me personally. I there might some other people might see a little bit more uh, empathy or sympathy that the father is giving Sean at some points. But I never felt like there is anything that says why his father would ever give him a car to to race against the Yaku- Yakuza. Um, so that was that was my biggest thing. Um, let me see what else we got. Um, so Sean's going on a date with Naila. Uh Nela is... Uh, Beautiful actress uh, for the, you know the love interest. They gotta have somebody that's absolutely stunning. And my biggest problem is that she is in school with Sean. So this kind of weaves into them being too young for the people that they're around. Han, why? How old is Han supposed to be? And he looks the same age as Lucas Black. And I know Han's not supposed to be seventeen. Um, so Han is. Han and DK and all those people that are hanging out with what they got to be like younger people. I mean, every every other line I felt like from Han or DK or something like that was in regards to them saying the um, the ages of the people that they were hanging around. They're like, come on now. You don't need to be hanging out with them. Why are you hanging out with them? Why? You know, she's too young for you. It's like, why? Why is she? Why is he hanging out with her? I'd had uh, a lot of questions about why he was so obsessed with like this this young girl. I, I when I was watching this initially, I never thought about how young they were supposed to be. You know, it's like seventeen, and DK is supposed to easily be in his twenties. So I don't know what the the ages in Tokyo, but uh, it's getting a little sketchy there. Um, So, let me see. Okay, so Sean asks Nayla out on a date and learns that after her mother died, she moved in with DK's grandmother, which resulted in their relationship. Um, An enraged DK beats up Sean the next day, telling him to stay away from Nayla. Nayla uh, subsequently leaves DK and moves in with Sean and Han. This is the most bizarre thing that I thought that probably could have happened. I could see after i kind of forgot that she moved in with um dk but that kind of that makes the relationship even more weird that like uh i'm not exactly sure how old she was supposed to be when she moved in with dk but she might have had like kind of a brother-sister relationship and um like a uh like a almost like a sibling um type family relationship and then she ended up like he started like trying to date her or something there's some fucked up dynamics going on with going on with uh dk's family and whatever happened to nayla um so let me see Takashi's uncle kamada the head of the yakuza um reprimands dk for allowing han to steal from him uh Takashi Morimatsu confront Han, Sean and Nayla about the thefts. Twinkie causes a distraction allowing Han, Sean and Nayla to flee who are pursued by Takashi and Morimatsu. During the chase, okay so it takes up to this point in the movie in my opinion for there to be any stakes or anything interesting uh remotely happening in this movie uh with regards of uh you know bo- uh you know bumping up the stakes most of the time you want to bump up the stakes in movies to like a really high degree so that people are just like oh shit this is like this is some next level um i don't feel like tokyo drift bumps up the stakes until at least this part where takashi and marumato um you know confront han during the chase uh marumato is killed in a crash um leaving takashi dk to pursue the trio on his own. Han allows Sean to overtake him in order to hold Takashi off, but the chase ends when Sean and Nayla crash. Um, Meanwhile, moments after escaping from Takashi, Han's car is T-boned, and the car explodes before Sean has a chance to save Han. Um, So at this point... I feel this is when it's just kicked into high gear. Like, no pun intended, this is when it literally kicks into high gear. We have stakes to the movie. People care. It feels like such a slog of c- trying to understand and get through this movie. It's it's definitely got the tropes of many um, sports movies, in a way, of, you know, teaching the young person... Uh, to do something, almost like the the elements elements of the Karate Kid, of something or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly if this is how it went down, but you know, teaching the young one to do the thing, and then once they start to get a certain level, and they take out one of the underlings, there's a big attack from the the antagonist side, and then from the antagonist side, they they uh, retaliate back. Normally, when they the antagonist retaliates back, they retaliate by attacking like someone. Uh, you know, older or someone that uh, has taught them everything they know. Um, uh, you know, think of Star Wars. You know, and then they retaliate back, take out that that one, uh, the person that taught them everything, and then it, it's up to the young buck to come back and give them the sucker punch where they deserve. And so, um, with saying all of that, um, here we go. So uh takashi's uh dk sean and his father become involved in an armed standoff which is resolved by Neela agreeing to leave with dk um so i do got to say this was the most action you see his father do at all i felt like they shot all of the scenes with his father in like two days it's like they're in two places at one point I wish the father could have had like a chance to maybe understand his son, maybe understand his love for Wanting to race for needing to race, maybe why their relationship went down the hill. It never goes there. That's always talked about in a way of, uh, it's just it's just visually showing his father giving him his his older ride, his older car. It would have been cool to hear that his dad was you know used to be a racer back in the day, but somehow to give it up or something and had to go to Tokyo for war. But you know what was the motivation for Lucas Black actually wanting to be a racer at all? I don't feel like there was any realization for him wanting to be a racer except for them explaining saying that he had a troubled uh past so um so the arm standoff is pretty hype i'm like oh shit sean's father i've seen this several times and i forgot that sean's father becomes involved he's like oh shit you ain't gonna do this to my son i was like i feel that um, so, Sean's father prepares to send uh, Sean back, but Sean pleads him to let him fix his own mess. See, this pleading right here, I don't feel like ever is resolved in a way that makes Lucas Black seem smart for taking this on. There's nothing that I felt like in, in this pleading that ever does it. His father then agrees and uh, makes amends with him. Twinkie gives his money to Sean to replace the money Han stole from DK. Um, which Sean then returns to Kamada. This, um, the original time I watched this, I didn't realize Han was actually stealing from the Yakuza. So, in perspective of what happened to Han, I could definitely see this happening. You know, you're stealing from, uh, the Mafia, then the mafia is gonna come after you kind of thing. So, uh, what else do we have? Uh, Sean, rep- Sean rolls up, like, he thinks he's a G when he has his money, um, going to the Yakuza, his, uh, Uncle Kamada. And DK's father is like, you ain't gonna just roll up in here and drop a bag of my money and think you're gonna just roll on out. So I thought it was kind of funny that he proposes a race. I I had heard Jeff Kanata talk, talk about how, in Fate of the Furious, that everything is described and expressed through car, which is absolutely true. It's like, if it's a fight or if it's, um, if it's some sort of action that can be expressed through words um it's probably going to be a race and so this is one of those times where they probably could have just had a conversation but he's like no nah, we're going to we're going to race one race one rad I, I can't even do a terrible lucas black uh uh country impression it is so off the wall and i don't even know what kind of country it is it's it's I think the guy has probably some sort of uh, country accent, but I'm not exactly sure <laughs> where what kind of country because it, it's like he's he's still expressing. He says the words really, you know, he expresses the longevity of the word longer outlook. You know, it's it's outlook. You know, so as opposed, you know, commercial commercial yeah I, there's different ways to have an, uh a, a country accent in a way i'm looking at the news financial relying on the news notably yeah is, is that a good lucas black impression <laughs> i don't know that that dude has a, a, an interesting uh interesting accent in this all right so anyways um so yeah kamada agrees to the challenge okay so um, Sean proposes a race against Takashi, with the loser having to leave Tokyo. Kamada agrees to leave uh, to the challenge, but on the condition that the race uh, to take place on the mountain, revealed to be the mountain where Takashi himself is the only person to take down successfully. Uh, to, sorry, only person to make it down successfully. Um, I gotta say that that this is not like a big deal from the viewer's perspective either. We're told DK is the best of the best of the best. We don't really see people falling down the mountain, not being able to make it. It's not like this big overarching thing where they're talking about the whole movie. It feels like they probably should have brought up in the first act that, you know, oh, that's all Drift Mountain and nobody goes down there. You know, I, they don't need to do it that hammy, but I just felt like as a viewer, we don't, it just looks like a windy ass road and we don't, at night, to cover up the CG to be honest. But um yeah, I didn't feel like this mountain means anything to us as the viewer. Okay, so um so the condition is has to take place on the mountain. I'm going to call it Drift Mountain. Sean and Hans crew restore Sean's father 19s 1967 Ford Mustang. Um, fastback to drift specification using several components of the previously wrecked Silva, uh, including the engine. And that car is almost never shown the entire time, so it doesn't feel like it's not like an ah remember that car and it for me i was like was that the car that was wrecked that he was just driving sometimes when they bring back older cars i'm not exactly sure uh which car it is sometimes they need to be a little bit more specific uh for me personally because i'm not like a big car guy so i'm just like was that the other car it's kind of kind of messed up i can't remember Mm -hmm. um that night on the mountain crowds gathered to see the race Takashi takes the lead initially, but Sean's training allows him to catch up. Determined to win, Takashi resorts to ramming Sean's car, eventually missing and driving off the mountain while Sean <laughs> crosses the finish line. This is so funny how he ends up like, so the drifting is intense. I think it's a, it's a fun and interesting, uh, sorry, fun and entertaining race it's definitely not one of my top races in the fast in the furious franchise however um uh it, i think it does provide some thrills what doesn't make any sense to me is the car um that dk is in seems to be in the air for like what feels like 20 seconds long enough he's like in the air and long enough for uh lucas black to get on another lane underneath where he would possibly be it didn't really make sense how dk was in front of him and lucas black is behind him and so the car dk's car flies up so far in the air that lucas black does around he turns around in the in like the small drifting loop and he's coming back and he's almost hit by dk's car coming down which I was like how is DK's car still coming down? The physics of his car coming down, it, the car should have already been down <laughs> unless Lucas Black was going so fast around that curve that he was able to to surpass underneath where DK was going to fall into. I don't I was just like, "Wait, how how high did DK go when he came back down?" It, it the logistics of that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so, um that was one of the things the first times in the series I was like wait a second this this doesn't exactly make sense um but you know you can't get too nitpicky at the very end of the thing. So um let me see that night the that night on the mountain crowds gathered to see the race Takashi, um, Takashi takes the lead initially, but Sean's training allows him to catch up, determined to win. Takashi resorts to ramming Sean's car, eventually missing and driving off the mountain while Sean crosses the finish line. Takashi's car almost falling on him in the process. Kamada keeps his word and lets Sean remain in Tokyo and is now christened the <laughs> the new drift king. I don't know if that that should have happened on that. He beat DK once, so just like, oh, let's take it easy now. Um, sometime later, Nayla, Twink, and Sean are enjoying themselves in their newfound home space and freedom. Dominic Toretto shows up to challenge Sean in a 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner, and he accepts after the American proclaims himself as Han's family. Um... So yeah, that is the end of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know how I can improve. Let me know what you thought about uh, Sean Boswell and his country-ass accent, if that's what you want to call it. (laughs) Uh, So look out for more Fast and Furious franchise movie reviews. We have already covered the previous two and look forward to covering more. yeah, this gained a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not sure if that's still accurate. Um, it's f- averaged 4.9 out of 10 for uh, the majority of critics, it looks like. Um, yeah, it says the site's consensus reads, eye-popping driving sequences coupled with a limp story on flat performances. Yeah, I the motivations of a lot of these people just didn't really give that, um, that oomph that this one really needed um yeah so um yeah so thank you for listening watching look at all podcast uh i did want to mention that uh this um this movie was kind of not uh, reviewed very well until they added vin diesel which um you know could have guessed that that was uh kind of like the creation of having uh you know a universe of some sort bringing in older creating a full movie and then, uh, you know, bringing in older characters that have something to do with the world. So, you know, connecting the world is always something I think a lot of people like. So, um, Yes, thank you for watching. listening, look at all podcasts. look for more reviews. Look for the aftercast for when we're discussing uh, non-movie reviews and just random stuff. Um, we actually an aftercast twenty three if you're interested in listening to some conversation with a buddy of mine. uh Haytham and I, we discuss the fast and furious uh, the first five movies in a non-spoiler. Uh, way in Aftercast 23 so be sure to check that out again patreon.com slash look at all podcast thank you for supporting thank you for watching on Twitch live thank you for supporting and subscribing on YouTube uh, check out all the social medias and take it easy almost furious Tokyo now, almost over now.